podcast is brought to you by Mobile Arts Programming. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Bittersweet Stories. I'm Wes. I'm John. And today uh, we have a super special guest, um, one that we've interacted and met with recently. Um, If you can introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Laurie Hamilton Houston. I'm a residential manager here at Covenant House. Awesome. Um, Our partnership with Covenant House uh, just got started recently, and it's been uh, uh, an unbelievable experience um, from our perspective, and I hope from uh, your organization as well. Um, But before we get into that, Laurie, how about we start at the beginning? Um, What got you into this line of work? Yeah, so um, I was in high school uh, kind of looking for where my next move was going to be after that. I wasn't a great student, uh, struggled a lot uh, through kind of grades 9 through 11. Um, My parents divorced when I was 13. Uh, I quickly realized that I was gay at that time as well. Uh, And I was living in Oshawa at the time. So Oshawa uh, at that time was... Um, very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't out to either of my parents, even though they had split up. And so I really struggled in school, struggled with my marks, uh, struggled with uh, friendships because nobody was like me, or I didn't think anybody was like me. Right, yeah. um, so I had a lot of teachers along the way who really uh, kind of stepped in and supported. Uh, we didn't have child and youth workers at my school at that time. And uh, the guidance department, though, was really uh, influential in kind of my next, you know, movement. Uh, So uh, ended up by meeting with the counselors there and talking about options. They were very helpful in terms of me going into summer school, getting uh, my grades up. And what came back was kind of a conversation around me wanting to work with people. Uh, So through that, we started exploring opportunities at college and university. Uh, And one of the things that really uh, struck and sat with me was the Child and Youth Work Department uh, program at George Brown College in the city. Uh, For me, it was kind of twofold because even though my family, my mother at the time, uh, lived in Oshawa, which is a very short commute uh, to Toronto, Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to get into the city and and be able to come out. Uh, So my parents, although they were divorced, couldn't understand why I wanted to move out of their house or their houses uh, and come to the city. So really um, looked at that program to uh, have an opportunity to give back to young people uh, in the way that I had influential mentors give back to me. Right, Mm -hmm. right. That there's like so much in that story right there because there's so much depth and it's really cool because it's sort of like in so many words through the, those trying experiences and having, having that met with people who are there to help you and sort of facilitate your, your growth and progress. It seems as though you kind of arrived at the conclusion that like in so many words, yes, I would also kind of like to do that for someone who will need that at some point in their life. Right. For sure. I think for me it was, you know, again, a process of, Uh, There was that, and there was also, uh, I wasn't a good student in math Mm -hmm. and geographies and the sciences weren't great. And I, you know, I had um, teachers help me really look at what my strengths were Mm -hmm. um, when I couldn't see them, you know, as a 16, 17 year old, I couldn't see them for myself. Uh, So these were people that were really, I was involved in um, theater arts and, and those types of groups at school. And so there was really those, again, mentors through the teachers, the guidance department really saying like, 
these are things you're good at. You're good at this. And so spent a bit of time volunteering in the guidance department, and it really just was a bit of a, an evolution and a natural progression. Um, once I got into the field and got into George Brown and really looked at uh, my marks, decided to go from, yeah. you know, bottomed out where I was going right. to summer school to all of a sudden I was learning something new that I was interested in and ended up, that was a great thing for me. Yeah. yeah. And that, that like, isn't it interesting how, I mean, so many of these episodes we've talked about education and, and how important it is and, and all these things, but like engaging education from a student perspective, you know, something that you're actually interested in all of a sudden, like, yeah, go figure your marks are great, you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And it's so interesting too, like kind of, you know, what's really important in this line of work in general, but especially in this line of work is kind of that concept of understanding a person in, in their entirety, the context with which that person comes from, you know? So it's not like just looking at your grades and being like, Oh, you're not, you're not a good at school. Like right. And I, and, and I had those teachers, I had those teachers who said, Certainly. you're never going to do this. You won't do this. Um, people who wanted my parents to put me into vocational uh, type training. And I, I, thankfully my parents, although they weren't together, really stood back and said, no, no, like she can mm -hmm. actually do this. And so again, with That's those great. supportive people. So I think for me, that really was around, uh, what did I, what did I want to give back? Mm -hmm. Uh, and what did I think my skill set? Uh, what was that right. um, and found that in the program. So right. I took the three-year program at George Brown, the child and youth work uh, program and really found a, who I was and what my skill set was and how I could uh, take my circumstance and give back to others. Yeah. And that's so amazing. That's, and that's so important, like for anyone subsequently that you would interact with and communicate with, that's so valuable because it's real. Those experiences are real. It's not a theoretical you know, textbook thing that you mm -hmm. learned that's born from your experience. And then it's so great how that real life experience is kind of what made your marks get like shoot through the roof and allowed you to connect with these people, you know? Yeah, I've had, you know, I've been here at Covenant House 30 years. So my student placement was actually here at Covenant no House. No way. Oh, wow. yeah. uh, so I was, I think I was 18 coming into my student placement, okay. uh, 19 when they hired me. So I was hired here in May of 1990. Right. Uh, so it'll be 30 years uh, in May 2020 wow. that I've been here at Covenant House. And I think, you know, for me, when I, you know, chat with people, chat with CYWs, chat with people in the field, uh, my experience has been is that most people get here by their own experiences, whether, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, intensive trauma or mm -hmm. different things, but there was something for most people. Most people don't just wake up one day and say, I want to be a CYW. Right. Because, yeah. you yeah. know, the money's not necessarily there and there's yeah. other right. things. But right. I think that everybody's story, everybody has a story about how they get to the field. And some people have a more extreme story. And then there's other folks that just, you know, whether they interacted with the CYW at their school or whether it was guidance, um, whether it was summer camp and a camp counselor, but most people mm -hmm. have some type of interaction that got them yeah. uh, into the program. Right. Maybe just as a, a quick aside before we jump back into it, uh, for those listening that aren't familiar, what is Covenant House? Yeah, so Covenant House is a, a youth shelter uh, that services young people between the ages of 16 and 24. Uh, there's m many different programs within Covenant House, and I would always encourage people to uh, go to our website and, mm -hmm. and take a look at all the different programming that right. we offer. Right, mm -hmm. cool. Perfect. So then, so if I'm not mistaken, then your 
the first little bit of you getting your feet wet would have been you volunteering with the guidance uh, folks in your high school. Is that correct? Was that sort of the first time that you're almost like working, let's say, quote unquote? So in high school, uh, I don't know what they would call it now, but uh, back in the early 80s, there was uh, placement opportunities where you could do um, different opportunities out in the community. So I had worked actually with uh, young children that had uh, CP and CF. Um, I enjoyed it, but I also realized that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, The next kind of thing was working in the guidance department. Um, it was called a peer support program. Right. So okay. really it was around uh, other people my age coming in and wanting to talk to somebody but not necessarily wanting to talk to a teacher or the guidance. So uh, it was part of that program. Uh, so that was really my kind of up until starting college, that was kind of my experience. Right. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I would imagine that probably in that process too that you can sort of um, – redefine like moving to the city allowed you to also kind of further like redefine yourself and probably leave a lot of that like conservatism that like old school mentality behind that you would have encountered as well because I mean I know when you were saying that I could certainly relate um though my experiences were not the same just sort of you know when you kind of grow up in the burbs it's just kind of met with that sort of homogenous kind of inherently conservative approach that's you know, people aren't necessarily malicious in their approach, but that's just kind of how it is. And for me, uh, I did my undergrad at Ryerson, close, very <laughs> close by. Um, and I just felt the same thing. It was just like kind of like, oh, I'm actually around way more like-minded folks. It's at the right time in terms of personal development where you're like, it was a very needed shift in order to really feel as though you're like coming into your own. And then, you know, so for you to have that and then also have that match with your grades just kind of like soaring through the roof, like what a positive feeling for you to really kind of flip that around, right? Like, yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, I knew I was queer at a very young age. Um, again, growing up in Oshawa, um, being fearful of how my parents, my friends, my family would react to that. Uh, I spent much of my high school, I was closeted. Um, and for me, again, my parents, although they weren't together, couldn't understand why I was like wanting to move to the city, get my mm. own apartment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to make choices based on what I needed to do. So part of that was I lived on my own when I was 18, right. um, got an apartment. I had to work, you know, more than part time to be able to afford that. But it wasn't until within a couple of years of that, being able to come out to my parents and realizing that they did support me and there was no issues. But um, I think that really, drove the necessity to you know get to the city get mm-hmm. into college start to you know just do my own thing sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah it's such a, a pivotal uh, turning point i found even in another totally like kind of mundane example was like i started riding a bike everywhere as opposed to like having to require on a vehicle mm-hmm. and me just being which i still do to this day so even something like that right when you're just like this is amazing like I don't need a car anymore. I can just like ride my bike, jump on a streetcar, like all these things that just kind of reiterate that it's like you coming into your own, you know? Yeah. Um, what was it about Covenant House that attracted you to that space originally? Um, whether it was like a placement opportunity, I'm sure you had like a, a choice or, or whatever. Did they just kind of put you in Covenant House? And No, it was actually very intentional. And I, I think about things in my career uh, 
and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more in this podcast mm-hmm. around things, but um, it was actually very intentional. So uh, first year, they always, at that point, they'd always put you in a school. So I was in a grade one, two split in Regent Park, hmm. uh, realized very quickly, uh, it's the school that actually doesn't exist anymore, realized really quickly that although I like young children, I like my nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to have my career uh, be focused. And that's a nice thing about the Child and Youth Worker Program is that uh, you can choose your niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I realized after first year, I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. My second year, my placement was with another uh, social service agency with um, you know, young people that were kind of 14 to 19. And I was like, getting better. Right. Yep, this is, <laughs> this is more where I want to be. Yeah. And one of my... Um, One of my friends uh, that was in the program as well with me uh, had said, you know, you really want to work with this age group, kind of 16 to 24. Uh, Why don't you look at Covenant House? Uh, So she had actually uh, known of Covenant House, had heard about the work that we've been doing and said, why don't you put that on your list? I didn't know much about Covenant House and so researched it. And and again, this is, you know, 30 years ago Mm -hmm. and, and thought, I think that'll be a good match, never thinking that. I'd still be sitting here right. 30 years later and that, you know, really was I, at that time, again, there wasn't a lot of competition for placements mm-hmm. uh, as there is now current day, but um, able to come in here and basically uh, spent a year with them, September to April, uh, doing my student placement. And I was, again, lucky enough that as my placement was just finishing, they had a job opportunity and it okay. was literally, I think I might have had a week between student and, and full-time and worker. Staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. You, you said something earlier that, that was super interesting, uh, choosing your niche. Uh, why do you think that's important and, and why, why has that been important in your own life and, and how does that translate into your work? I think, you know, when I look back at it, and you know, again, it was very young to be starting in the field. I mean, right. I left high school at 17. I mean, what you're, do we, you're still the same age as most of the folks you're interacting with. Right. right? Yeah. So I think I was 18 as I started my placement here. And again, if you look at 16 to 24 as our client base, mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, smack in the middle of where they are. And, you know, clearly you have to have really great boundaries, um, mm-hmm. you know, never talking to the clients about your age, although they look at you and kind of can figure that out. But we'll out, I yeah. think, you know, the niche part is, and I think that's around the longevity. People often ask around mm-hmm. my longevity here and how can you stay in the same place? And uh, for me, it's always been about uh, my interest in, you know, the population of people that we work with, the young people. It's also about um, the mission and mandate of the agency, which I still strongly uh, believe in. It's about opportunity for growth within the agency, which is still uh, a big factor for me and still is what keeps me motivated. And I think, um, you know, just talking about uh, the work that Covenant House has done from 30 years ago to today and the growth that it's done as an agency uh, is what keeps me here as well. So I think you know, anybody that's, doesn't matter whether you're working in, you know, child and youth work or whether you're in another field, Mm -hmm. you have to enjoy what you're doing Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to be motivated to want to have impact. And I think that's, for me, I've had several different jobs within Covenant House and I think uh, the impact is really important. So as long as I'm still relevant here and Hmm. my work is still relevant and, um, and I'm still motivated by what we do. And again, it goes back to that core belief of, if you can help just one person in one moment, mm-hmm. in one day, um, then that's what's worth it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what is the ocean but drops of water, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like something that could seem like this huge 
insurmountable task. It's like, no, if you just whittle it down to sort of one day, one moment at a time, you know, there's really just a lot of value in that. Sure. I love that motivated by impact. I think that's such a fantastic way to put it because, you know, we, we live in a day and age where like having a career is almost unheard of anymore. You know, you, nobody works at the same job for 30 years, right? That's, that's very difficult, but for a lot of reasons, but also to have something that you've enjoyed doing for so long and that, yeah. that keeps you motivated, I think is, is a super fascinating part of it. Yeah. That's always, you know, it always tends to come up at conversations around, you know, we're at a party, you're at a social function and people, who are you, where do you work? And so mm -hmm. I always take that as an opportunity to talk about the work that we do here. Um, and when people hear 30 years, they're, first of all, they, are thinking about how old I am and <laughs> trying to put two and two math. together. Yeah. And exactly. Let's and I always, I, this, yeah. I always yeah. say to people, I'll just make it easy for you and I'll let you know how old I am. Right. But, um, you know, the question always comes up, you know, most, uh, not most, there's a lot of folks out there that will have many careers in their lifetime mm -hmm. and many different places of employment. Um, I feel pretty uh, honored actually to to say that I've been here for 30 years and right. again it's it's all those things it's the mission it's the mandate it's the work we do mm -hmm. it's the young people we serve um, it's about being uh, part of something that's bigger right 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 like this is uh, it's unheard of I, I, I talk to other people that are in the field and I think things that we're doing here is just it's much different than, than right. other, other folks so. and I, I also felt like it's worth saying it's sort of as you're sort of implying this as you're talking, but there's sort of room to grow. And because of the fact that like, this is such a, this is a very successful agency that like, you're also growing with the agency, right? So I feel like that's a part of it too. You're not really, you don't feel like you're just doing the same thing on repeat day in, day out. It's like, as things go on, you know, it's a, this like evolving process and you're able to be a part of that and kind of grow with it. And that, and there's room for you to grow within it, you know? Yeah, I would agree. You know, I started as a, again, as a student and then I went on to uh, a youth worker. I worked overnights for about 15 years here. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, which is, yeah, I know people say that as well. That's a very difficult thing as well yeah. um, to do that shift. Shift and, worker's tough, yeah. yeah Let alone and, overnights though. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. so did that and then made the transition to become a shift supervisor. Uh, so that would be somebody who's uh, working frontline and maintaining the sanctuary of, of the house with the youth workers that we have. Right. Um, did that for many years, uh, became a training supervisor. So training youth workers and onboarding them in to mm. the work that we do uh, and from there became the residential manager uh, and so my work is uh, less with the young people now I mean I still have uh, daily interactions or weekly interactions based on th certain things that are going on but mm -hmm. uh, my role now is more to uh, help and support the staff and the mm -hmm. work that's being done on the right, floor right and all, wow. all very like relational work um, what's your favorite thing about working with people as opposed to sitting in front of a computer and, and you know, other kinds of occupations. Or but crunching numbers yeah. or, yeah. What, what, like, what is so attractive to you about working with Just a nice, easy people? question for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> As there's a blank look on my face. Um, I think, honestly, I think uh, every day is different. Mm. There right. is, I mean, there's certain things in my job that are, you know, the... I don't want to say mundane, but you know, mm -hmm. you know, sure. you know how to do them. You can do them. Yep. Uh, but the things that change are the interactions with people, uh, the uh, outcomes. I think mm, you know, and right. thinking of, you know, highs and lows of my career. I think, you know, some of the best highs are when young people 
see me out in the community and they've not lived here for a very long time and they stop and they remember me and say hey right. yeah. I want to tell you how I'm doing right I never have to ask how they're doing mm-hmm. it's like I want to tell you how I'm doing that's amazing and so that uh, that interaction with people and that opportunity to make a difference with people or to because we never know the one thing that we're going to say to somebody that you know, whether it's somebody that we're that's working right. with or our mm-hmm. friends or our partners or our family, you never know that one thing that's going to create impact for that person. And so sometimes you don't find that out until years later. And we've realized that at here at Covenant House, and there's lots of youth workers and different folks who work here who would tell you that, who would say, you know, I didn't know that I had that much of an impact on that young person until they came back and told me that it was that that really made a difference or that one thing they said to me or, you know, that knowing smile that said, you know, you've got this or I'm proud of you or or those different moments. And I think um, those are things you don't get sitting necessarily uh, crunching numbers or, you know, doing those types of jobs. So this is really the humanistic part of it, right? And Mm -hmm. um, that's what makes it special. You know, it's like not only that idea of just like relationship building, but I think also to your point about the fact that there's just this like inherent fluidity to the job. Like, sure. It's like, maybe you're coming to the same place every day, but every day is different, you know? And that's like a truly amazing thing. But also I think the connection with human beings is always real. You know, when, when you do have, when you see someone on the streets who says, Hey, I just want to let you know, like where I'm at right now. And you're like, okay, so not only has, is there clearly an established relationship, but what they're going through is real. It's not just like, you know, no disrespect to someone who does accounting, but it's not like you're crunching numbers on like a spreadsheet and you're like, you know, that's real in a different kind of way. The relational kind of a real is like truly an amazing thing, you know, and and I think that we can also relate to uh, to some degree to why we like doing the work that we're doing is it's sort of like structure of the skeleton is the same, but sort of what gets filled in on a day to day basis is always changing. And, and it's always fluid and you're always able to, to connect with people on a real level. And it's just an amazing thing. Well, and I think, uh, you know, our young people offer um, so many different opportunities for us to engage with them. And I know uh, through MAP and you being here at Covenant House and, and working with our young people, uh, we talked about that this morning around uh, the talent that our young people mm-hmm. have yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and seeing wow. that. And I think, you know, um, we talk about the least interesting thing about our young people is that they're homeless. There's so much, <laughs> yeah, right. there's, there's exactly. so much more to them. So much. Yeah. Um, and I think that that you're right. Like every day, not knowing, you know what you're coming into and in work, but you don't know what kind of conversations you're going to have. Mm-hmm. You don't know, uh, how you're going to be able to assist somebody. Uh, and just having that ability to be able to, you know, be that role model, be that mm-hmm. mentor, uh, be that caring person that's going to walk alongside the young person in their journey um, what that means to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, relational work, you, you came across a couple of the highs there. Um, there's also a lot of, uh, sometimes difficult situations when working with people. Um, what are some of the, the lows of, uh, relational work that you've, that you've experienced? Well, I think it's, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. for me, it's changed over the period of my career. So, uh, first coming into this career, you know, as a, as a 18 or 19 year old, 
uh, really being impacted by the stories of, mm-hmm. of the young right. people working with. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, that's all the things that they, they teach you at, at college and in university around, you know, boundary setting and all those very important things. Um, and some of it is really just understanding that, you know, you can't fix things for, right. for young people. You can assist them, coach them, mentor them. Um, so I, I think, you know, the lows are really, uh, it can for some, and I, and I will admit for me as well, is that when you hear some of the, you know, desperation of the young people and hear some of the, the stories, that can be quite, um, you know, it's, a, it's emotional to yeah, hear that on course, a, yeah. a day in day in basis. And so you have to really, as a, as a frontline worker or somebody working in this field, uh, you really have to uh, take care of your own personal self yes. um, and be able to really kind of um, talk that, be able to talk that out with your coworkers and, and being able to really put that aside so that when you leave work, you're able to still have that, you know, sense of, you know, here's my home life and here's my work mm-hmm. yeah. uh, stuff. And I think, you know, there's lots of things for folks in this field. I mean, for me also to shift work uh, was a difficult thing and I've yeah. made that switch and that change. But right. I think, I think, you know, overall the lows, the lows are met with the highs, right? right. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah, you're going to have lows and, and in this field you will, but I think there's also, there's more highs mm-hmm. uh, right. in terms of uh, seeing young people engage in, again, programs that are being run mm-hmm. uh, through yourselves and other people that are coming in uh, to see young people that it's not all, you know, dark and, and there's, there's, and lots, the of, thing, there's hey, lots of really like, great stuff going on. So much, you know, w- one of the points of this podcast too is there's a lot of media out there about how, you know, overwhelming and, and all these things that, that um, young people that we work with face, but also the industry and the, the state of the system and all these other things. And yet, so many people that we've met and interacted with are doing such cool, unique things as a way to kind of shift all that that aren't mm-hmm. given enough light, I think, at least in the media and, and, yeah. and whatnot. But and, and I think also f- sort of further to that point, too, is I'm always just so amazed and taken aback, really, that like for how intense or heavy the situation is that 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 person may be involved with they're also the same ones that are there creating music with us mm-hmm. and, and how, you know, you know that, I mean, you know, sometimes it's like you may know sort of what's going on with them, but then you just see them in these certain contexts and you see them flourish. And it's sort of just like you said, it's like, sure, you know that there's the lows and the lows are obviously part of it, but it just seems that the highs are really so powerful that they kind of triumph over that no mm-hmm. matter what, you know, obviously it's not like that every time, but I think like, for the most part and especially it's it's really relevant to note that for your like hearing yourself say that you've got quite a breadth of experience right so it's like if you can say that after 30 years then it's like it's got to be true right <laughs> I, I i do believe that i mean yeah. i think it's mm-hmm. you know i don't go home at the end of the day and go oh my god i mean you, you try and capture the the positive stuff that's happening as well because there's lots of it happening yeah. all mm-hmm. around us with mm-hmm. the young people, with uh, the good work that um, the youth workers are doing. Uh, so again, you you really try and hang on to, you try and hang on to the positive stuff mm-hmm. um, for sure. and the good things that are going on. And that's that's also like a pretty valuable life lesson, no matter what you're doing or who you are. Is it's kind of always a matter, it's always a matter about how you're looking at it and how you choose to look at it and how you you choose to prioritize certain bits of information. If you want to look at all the really heavy, ugly, messy stuff, it's there. But, you know, 
it's going to be better for you in the long run, especially in terms of like self-care and things like that to just really try to focus on and pay attention to those things. Cause that's what keeps you going. You well, know? and I think, I think in this field and, and, you know, looking at, I used to teach at George Brown as well, which is something we, we chatted about as well. And so, uh, that was always something I always wanted to impart to my students was around like, you know, you're going to have days where you think, oh, can I really do this work? But then you're going to have days that you're like motivated by, mm-hmm. you know, the resilience of the young people. Yeah. Um, and so hang on to both of those things because uh, the young people that you're working with need that. They need you to stand with them when things aren't good. They mm-hmm. need you to stand with them when things are, are going great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And this is all part of the process. Yeah. Well, on that note, Laurie, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, and thank you so much for the work that you do because you know this field needs people like you to to kind of keep it going and and be champions so thank you yeah yeah could have said it better myself thank you so much thanks for having me all right mobile arts programming or map for short brings the recording experience to you If your agency or organization is interested in exploring the positive outcomes of writing and recording music, please visit our website at mobilearsprogramming.com.